Like it. I like it. Now I'm all in, and I'm all intrigued by the scheduling conversation. I I came in here this morning as we welcome you into the Plank Show, fully prepared to open this program with the latest twist and turn involving Jimbo Fisher versus everyone who questions whether or not he bought his recruiting class, which is pretty fantastic, and we'll have audio from it as the show goes on. It's, I mean, it depends, I guess, on how you feel. Either he's being overly defensive uh, or he's and trying to hide something, or he's really mad because he's been wronged. I mean, you pick. That's that's kind of where it come from uh, comes from, but I I can't help but have after listening to the last hour of T Row and TJ feel like again a chronic and constant conversation on this show continues to have another twist and turn, and that is what does the future of scheduling the SEC look like? What do the divisions, pods, permanent opponents, what does it look like? Is there a separate playoff that will be in discussion for the SEC? And is is there really any rush to get OU or Texas to the SEC anytime soon? Let me answer the latter part first. I don't feel like there is. I don't, and I, I know that it was natural for a lot of people when they saw the ESPN Plus deal. I was guilty of this to say, oh, well, this this greases those rails to get into the SEC quicker, but then you realize the new SEC TV deal doesn't even kick in until 2024, and man, I'd always been a firm believer that Oklahoma would and Texas would never play in a 14-team Big 12. But I'm starting to think that's going to be the case next year. I really do. So yeah, that's why it could be next year or the year after. But I think if I think they both want to leave at the same time, yeah. they don't want to have I, one go and then one way. Here's where. And by the way, Connor is in for Josh. Josh is out all week. That's uh, Connor Pasby. I'm Chris Plank. Welcome to the Plank Show right here on the Ref. Um, we got a big softball show coming up for you today in the ten o'clock hour. I've kind of been earmarking that ten o'clock hour for some softball talk over the last few weeks. And Eric Lopez who is the play-by-play voice of UCF, is going to join us. Um, I've got Aaron Miller. We'll see if it's going to happen today or tomorrow. And I'm trying to get my man JT Gasso on the show, along with a couple of the ESPN personalities uh, that are all across the country. So that that's all coming up here on the show later on today. But as I, as I sit here on this Tuesday, what is today's date even? The 24th of May, heading into what a Memorial Day weekend, which is one of my favorite weekends of the year. My eyes are forward on the future of what the SEC schedule looks like. What is wrong? We're 102 days away. We're, if we have a primetime game to kick off the season, we're 102 days, 9 hours, and 50 minutes away from the start of the college football season for Oklahoma. We're less than 100 days away from the start. We're 95 days away from the actual start of the college football season in 2022. But yet I'm already thinking about 2024, 2025, and beyond. And it's because literally 
as soon as we left the air yesterday, I get high noon. We say goodbye, everybody. Have a great day. Literally, the news broke about the SEC looking at staging its own college football playoff. And, I mean, if you've listened to this show with any regularity, you know, for me personally, sometimes I need things drawn out for me. I might need things diagrammed a little bit. I might need to call Teddy or Gabe and be like, what does this mean? I might have to call Toby. So there was a part of me when I first saw this, the SEC could stage its own college football playoff that really needed to sit down and be like, okay, um, why, how, what would it look like? I mean, so would you then just, you'd play your regular season? And then, so I, I had a lot of learning to do as I heard this. And I was very jealous that I actually had time to dig into it and didn't have to figure it out live on the air. And that's my frustration. Because I feel like I do my best work, Connor, when I am incredibly confused and have no idea what's going on. I feel the same way. <laughs> Whenever I have no clue and I can sit there and walk through it and the texters can help me on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439 or the callers at 329-9000 or on Twitter at Plank Show. What's your Twitter feed? Is it at Connor Pasby? Yep, at right. Connor Pasby on Twitter. Um, or at you know 947theref, at uh, refs, KREF Sports, whatever it is. And... I was, I was like, oh, man, I got time to kind of figure this out and know what's going on. So I read through everything last night. I still have no idea what's going on with it. So we, we can all dummy-proof this in some way, shape, or form together. So according to Pete Thamel's article, which I kind of used as the foundation of my understanding, Pete Thamel wrote, the SEC scheduling decision must take into consideration what the college football playoff looks like. Now, that's where we pause. This is a whole other branch. Okay, this is this is getting into that 8-9 conversation, the uh, the 1 plus 7, the 3, or, or not 1 plus 7, 1 and 7, or the 3 and 6, whichever way it is. You have the one permanent opponent, and then you rotate 7, or the 3 and you rotate nine, uh, 6 others. Which, again, is 8 games versus 9 games within your own conference, which is mind-blowing to begin with. But here's what Pete Thamel wrote. The notion of the playoff expanded to 12 teams during the current contract was officially dashed in February, meaning a four-team playoff through the 2025 season. From there, uncertainty. One idea, certain, here's where I'm confused. It says one idea certain to be discussed by SEC officials is the notion of the SEC creating, running, and profiting from its own intra-SEC postseason. The most obvious model is an eight-team one, but there are others that will be discussed, an eight-team model. So I I, immediately when I saw that, I thought, okay, so is it actually something that's on the table, or is this Pete, among others, theorizing? Because when you say – Oh, I'm certain they'll talk about it. So are they going to talk about it? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure they will. Probably won't. <laughs> Is this a thing or not? Um, Greg Sankey stressed that no seismic change is imminent. This would be a pretty seismic change. But he did mention that an SEC-only playoff in a variety of forms 
was among the nearly 40 different models that SEC officials have discussed at their fall meetings. So, okay, can I point this out too? Now I'm confused as to how many different scheduling models there are because Greg Sankey says 40, an SI report says 30, and then in the next sentence says 35. It's irrelevant, but it just adds to the confusion of this, right? Wait, 40 different models. Well, are there 30? Are there 35? What are we doing right now? So Florida AD, Scott Strickland, I hear an awesome athletic director. We have an incredibly strong league, one that will get even stronger with Oklahoma and Texas. The focus should be on how we as a league use this strength to further the position that the SEC uh, for the position of the SEC as we have new realities, um, yada, yada, yada. So in other words, they're like, okay, we're in a strong spot here. What can we do to flex our muscle a little bit more? Sankey uh, has made it clear that he wasn't pleased with the amount of work that went into expanding the playoff to 12, then to only have it collapse. In other words, you guys can say, well, he stabbed Bob Bullsby in the back. Well, okay, whatever, but they still worked very hard on this together. And everyone was was in the same kind of boat on this. Here's the idea. The SEC had two teams face off for the college football championship last year and has won 12 of the last 16 national titles. The SEC's five different title-winning programs over that span are more than the rest of the sport's other three winners, and that's leverage in the eyes of Greg Sankey. Everything's on the table. So I, I, I don't really know what it would look like, but here is one theory. From the 2021 SEC standings, the playoff would look like this. You would have Georgia take on Mississippi State. That would be the one in the east versus the four in the west. Ole Miss versus Tennessee. Alabama versus Missouri. And Kentucky versus Arkansas. Now, with a 12-game regular season schedule, that would mean the teams facing off in the SEC title game would play 15 regular season games. If they played another league for the national title, that would mean 16 games. Alabama and Georgia both played 15 games this season. So for those of you that fall in the category of it's too many games, well, they're basically saying, nah. So then what would it be? Our champion versus yours? So y'all play your, your playoffs. You get your four teams in there. Here's our final eight, and we'll have our champion go play yours. Yeah, so you have one national champion, I guess you can say, in the SEC, and then the other national champion from or, outside the conference. So, so my idea, maybe I'm dumb, would be then you have your national, your SEC champ, and then they play the champion that earned that berth in the four-team playoff. That would be a that would be a smart idea to do that. It would be the ultimate gauntlet toss to the rest of the sport after Sankey was burned by the formation of the alliance that played a role in stalling the college football playoff expansion. So I'm, I think I'm here for it. I don't think I would complain. The intra-SEC playoff could eventually move the SEC title game to the New Year's Day neighborhood, which is awesome. The weekend where the league plays the SEC title game could host four games. That's pretty awesome. I would, I would like it if they did do the SEC champion and then just play whoever – 
obviously one outside the conference. I don't think the rest of college football would agree to that, but I'm I, that's my idea. That's what I'm thinking of. This is if this allowed the SEC to both expand the amount of league games and create a new postseason, it would certainly be attractive to television. Here's another thing. Can I throw another theory out there? Suddenly, if you're Ohio State, okay, let's just say they don't like my idea of our SEC champion versus you guys. Let's say they don't like that idea. Well, if you're Clemson or Ohio State or Michigan or, I mean, anyone, and you suddenly realize that there's going to be a championship that'll have more maybe validity to it because it's happening in the best conference in college football, suddenly you might be picking up the phone and saying, all right, what do we got to do to get there? I mean, it's there, there's that part of it that's brilliant, right? You're, you're at, what are they going to be at, 16 teams? What can we do to get to 20? You know, can we truly create our mega conference that we've been talking about? It is a power move that was birthed in the short-sighted nature of this alliance, which you can't help but wonder if the alliance is even a thing anymore because George Kleifkoff is going to D.C. with Greg Sankey to debate whether or not Congress needs to step in to save us from NIL. Hmm. If, I was, if I was Clemson or Ohio State, I would, if I won my national like championship, I would want to play the whoever won in the SEC. I, would, I feel like that would be like a statement made from them. Okay, so let me and, – and again, I'm, I'm trying to, to pick the pieces out that help me best understand this, and you guys can disagree with me uh, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. And I don't think, to be honest with you, I don't think there's any wrong answers. I just want to make that clear. I don't think that right now, because they are in the brainstorming stage and they're trying to figure out what this is going to look like, and they've spent the money to come up with different models, I don't think there's a wrong answer. I really don't. I think every theory or idea that you have could potentially be on the table. But Damel wrapped his article with this. Talk to enough smart people around college, the college sports landscape, and few think that in five years it will look similar to how it does now. The ACC and Pac-12 being so far behind financially is going to apply significant pressure on their brand name programs like Clemson and USC. The ACC has a grant of rights that would present significant legal challenges to anyone attempting to leave before 2036, while the Pac-12's contract and grant of rights are up after just two more football seasons. Oh, my gosh. How quickly would Lincoln Riley be out of USC if they're on their way to the SEC? He'll be out the door. He'll be the next head coach at Georgia Tech. While the Big Ten joined the alliance to help calm the landscape, it'll be interesting to see how long that lasts. Will pressure increase on the Big Ten to add members and attempt to keep up with the SEC? Could the SEC's Next postseason exploration include more realignment ploys. So, there's it, just so many different ideas to look at. You just don't know what they're going to it's actually kind of, come up with. It's kind of funny that Greg Sankey in this in this article says, you know, I don't and anticipate any seismic changes. And by by God, that is a seismic change in one one sentence right here. Um, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey stressed that no seismic change is imminent. Then, in the final sentence, 
if the SEC did create its own postseason or even took significant steps to plot it, it could expedite the seismic change that market market forces are portending. Okay. But I'm here for it. I'm I'm here for it as a sports radio host. I'm here for it as a fan of Oklahoma Sooner football. I'm here for it as a fan of college football. It's just that if you're not part of it, I guess you won't like it. Like you said, a Clemson or Ohio State being left out of that. Oh, yeah. And you got to find your way to try to be a part of it quick. All right, quick break. It's 922 on a Tuesday. Tickets to the Super Regional go on sale at 10 a.m. this morning. 10 a.m. this morning. So if you want to get tickets to the Super Regional, they will sell out fast. I mean, probably in seconds. So have that link up. Be ready to refresh and order. And you can score yourself tickets to Saturday, uh, Friday, Saturday, and maybe Sunday in the Super Regionals. It's a plank show right here on The Ref. By the way, how was your night, Connor? Did you do anything fun last night as a young whippersnapper party animal? I watched a blowout in the first quarter, and I didn't turn it back on. The Heat and Celtics. That was pretty ugly, wasn't it? I don't know what to make of the NBA playoffs. 11 points in a quarter. Not I don't good. know how that's possible. I don't know how. I don't care how good you are on defense. You should be able to score you more guys are, than 11 points. I agree. I agree. You're in the playoffs. And I get it that um, I get it that Tyler Hero is out. But really? That big of a difference? Really? We'll hit some NBA in the top five stories of the day. Eric Lopez coming up in the 10 o'clock hour. I mean, listen, we give you this content, and, and the Air Comfort Solutions text line is like crickets right now. Look at that. The only question is on Mackenzie Donahue. Y'all, let me tell you something. I love Mackenzie Donahue. She hasn't been on the team since before the Texas series. It, it, it's been a minute. This isn't something that happened last week. If you want to talk about Jordy Ball's injury, that's relatively new. You want to talk about Kenzie Hansen getting dinged up, that's new. But listen, Lou, Lou's been gone for a minute, man. The last time she went with the team was the trip to Texas Tech. What happened? Oh, no, ask her. She put a statement out on social media. I mean, I, I wish the I hear she could end up at Florida, which would be a really cool fit. I hear, um, I hear schools are interested in her, and they should be. She's a good player. But in twenty twenty two, unfortunately, there was there was a disconnect somewhere. And it it didn't work. So, I mean, we're talking since April 10th. Catch up. She'll find find a good place. No, she'll be fine. That's a big impact on that OU softball team from the previous year. She had a great postseason last year and an incredible sophomore season. The problem is, at least from my perspective, there's such incredible depth that you got to hit to play. And well, it's it's hard to stay in that lineup. If you right. if you have a slump for two or three games, you're Gasso may Listen, pull the plug. You got to keep hitting. If if Grace Lyons wasn't hitting. I mean Grace Lyons found herself not starting in the third or fourth game of the season. It's not just one person being singled out. There is a a level and 
for his son. I would not. I would probably not do well with that. I'm like, hey, look what I just did for you. Look what I did last year, and now you're making me fight for. I would probably not do well with that. I don't know if that's what happened here or not. So, so I'm I'm not ranting or raving at the texter. Maybe a little bit. But I, I do understand, and, and this is something that's tough for me sometimes, is I I live this. Like once that calendar turned to February, I live this team. I mean, it is my numero uno priority. I've said it a lot. Oklahoma and, and OU football, covering OU women's basketball when called upon or men's hoops, working with Jim, whatever it is. That's my number one priority. It's gonna take, um, it's gonna take the top spot on the depth chart, and no one has a more over the top grip on that in my priorities than softball. It's number one, number one, and so I am a firm believer, and always have been, that I've got to have a little bit more patience because there's some of you that aren't living it. And I tell myself that every single day. Um, there's some of you that aren't living it that want to try to tell a coach how to coach, which I'm just is hysterical to me. There's some of you that do live it and still think you know more than a coach, or which is even more hilarious. There's always those fans in the stands that are trying to tell the players what to do. Can I? Can I? Can I make a just a quick opinion? This quick opinion. I cover a lot of sports. I really do. I don't know if there is a group of fans that feel like, and this is a specific group, you guys know what I'm talking about, that feel like they could be and should be running a team more than softball dads and moms. And that's not a shot at anyone. It's just an, a general observation that I've made uh, when traveling across the country and, and being on social media. It's fantastic. But with that said... And y'all know, I mean, the, the parents of the Sooner players are like, yeah, yeah, we see it. And softball fans, oh, I would have, I mean, I would have had a bat and lead off. What's going on here? I, I, I know how to make do a book. My kid played softball. I know what's up. So I try to have patience. I try to have grace. I try to be understanding that there's a lot of you that are like, oh, so how far are we from the – I mean, literally, we had some dope yesterday that's like, so Alabama's not in the Women's College World Series? The Women's College World Series isn't for another week. You have 16 teams left. You get down to eight to go to the World Series. Get it together. Yeah, Come on I now. mean, again, so like I said, I got to pause every now and then and realize, okay, all right, not everyone's riding this, this, this path. Riding Randy points out that Lou's not even on the OU roster anymore. I, I know. Neither is – Neither is the um, is was it Alex Waitman? I think was the she was on the roster to start the season, and I don't know if she ever. I I never saw her, so I don't really know what her story is. Yeah, but, th- but I if I do she... know, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you about it. But I just um, I I appreciate the passion on some fans, but I also need to understand that for some people, this is them just now getting into it. All my anger and rage should be stored up and saved for when I, I can not know what's going on. It's so mad. But then I realize some of y'all are, you have lives and you count on me to do that for you. So that's what I'm here for. Now, I was selfish and greedy because I asked what you did last night because I wanted to brag about what I did last night. 
I took in some spring football. Which oh, wow. I went out and watched the mighty Washington Warriors get a little workout in. It was cool. I didn't. I've lived there now for this is my third year. I didn't realize that there was an indoor. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty. That's a pretty new indoor too. Yeah, it is. It's not bad. It's only fifty yards, but I. I mean, I've gone to about every home game since I moved there. But yeah, no idea. Um, my my favorite high school football player. Cole Scott was a little dinged up, so I didn't get to see him running over people. But what was cool about it, Connor, is they they played, man. It, it was it was awesome. They, they've always been good. I'm not trying to bring back my high school glory. Go days, ahead, <laughs> go ahead. I'm here for it. Play them twice at their place. They're they're usually pretty good every year. That's right. a good and good coach. It's a good football too. team. Um, I was I was waiting because in all of the things that I've done. I haven't met their football coach. And I think I think his father-in-law actually reached out to us a while back, but I hadn't met I hadn't met Ryan Evans yet and I was I was trying to do it last night. I was trying to be oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's not it's not Ryan's not the head coach there. I apologize. Um uh Brad Beller. I was I was trying to go introduce myself to coach Beller and um there's like a lot of stuff around him. It's like, could I, could I walk in there and be like, hey, coach, what's going on? Yeah, I probably could, but I don't want to, I don't want to um, bother any families. <laughs> like, there might be a kid that's like, so my son has to do what? Meanwhile, there I am. Hey, coach, Chris Plank, nice to meet you, big fan. Great stuff, man. You guys are awesome. I'm sorry. Was you getting information on the workout your son needs to do this season? Excuse me. I need to talk to coach. Hey, Coach, how's my son get more playing time? Right. <laughs> oh, I love it, man. It was fun. It was fun for me to get out there because I took my daughter with me, and my daughter felt really cool because she she has a friend of hers that she goes to school with whose like, cousin plays on the team, and they didn't even know about the, the practice. So she was like, guess where I am? So I was a cool dad for a little bit. Well, yeah, good stuff, man. Spring ball, let's go. High school football will be here before you know it. I've been trying to talk Casey and and Brian into doing some Washington Warrior football here on the ref, but I think we uh, I think we got some work to do to get up on the depth chart. I think we got what? How many high schools do we have on now? We got Norman, Norman North. We got more Southmore, West. Five, North. five, yeah, we, six. We got five. Well, you do a lot of stuff for them, don't you? Yeah, a little more sports TV and Norman TV. Josh Helmer. Too. I see you right here, and Helmer, who by the way is on vacation. I can see it now. WarriorTV.com. Let's go. It's got a nice ring to it. Got a ring to it, right? Warrior Vision. Ooh. See? You can put me and Monty Mark. Well, they've got a radio crew. I apologize. I'll just be their pregame host. Welcome. Welcome. What is it? Reed Field. Welcome to Reed Field. Here's your play-by-play, guys. Monty's the P. We've got it, baby. I don't want to point anything out, but since I've moved to Washington, State champions in fast pitch and slow pitch softball and baseball. State runners up in football. Don't know. I feel like they won a state championship in some, uh, in like fishing or something like that. Warrior pride, baby. Let's Man, go. that's a pretty impressive high school having fishing. They're they're two A too. They're small small school. So man, which which is one of the things I've been trying to figure out because they're two A in some sports and they're three A in others. 
And that's not that's a whole new world to me. I'm like, wait, why are we three A in this sport, not in another sport? I think it's what the number of teams that actually play. I guess, sports. yeah, because my high school basketball was three A. Uh, everything else was two A. So it's, I don't know, it's hard to figure out. Um, <laughs> this is I, they, okay. So you guys responded. There's a really good. There's some good stuff on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at four zero five six five one three four three nine, which we'll get to next. Um, including let, let's let's do this when we come back. Eric Lopez is going to join us at 10 a.m. this morning. I need to get a tweet out to promote it, so I'll do that during the break. But there is there is an interesting rumor that is trying to be created by Texas A&M fans, which we'll get to next. And we haven't even played any of Jimbo's cringeworthy interview in the local TV station. Ugh. That or uh, JT throwing some shade at Jimbo after the PGA that was great. championship. That was, yeah, great. that was great. Do you know what? I didn't realize it until we talked to TJ Eckert yesterday how long it had been since just uh, since Justin Thomas won a title. It had been a minute. All right, quick break. Plank show rolls on. Uh, little rumor mill imploding, we hope, next. The SEC baseball tournament is already in a weather delay. <laughs> what a heck of a start. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So... Let me see here. SEC baseball tournament. Do you see that Mississippi State, who won the national championship last year, didn't even make it to the SEC tournament? No, them and Vanderbilt didn't play well either this year. So some of the main teams in the SEC didn't really aren't didn't really have a good year. I I really so just a quick little side note at ESPNU has used me as their college baseball. World Series host, which is awesome. So this is where I really dive into the rest of college baseball outside of the Big 12. So it was literally one of those moments where I'm watching Mississippi State. I'm like, wait, what? They're not going to the postseason at all? Wow. So the first game this morning, which is in Hoover, between Georgia and Alabama, had a 9.30 first pitch and it, it, it won't start on time. I will say I do dig how the SEC does their bracket. Those play-in games, the first-day games, are all single elimination games. And when you get into – I mean, listen, Tennessee's been the best team in college baseball hands down this year. When you get into that second round, it is double elimination. So I'm here for it. But it makes the tournament – I think it makes the tournament go by a lot quicker and smoother too with that single elimination in the first playing game. Um, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, to wrap up this, and we're we're a little bit behind, but four zero five six five one three four three nine. If anything, if you've listened to this show with any regularity, you know we do not stay on the clock around here. Um, I'm curious. We have a puppy that we have our third puppy, and so now that the girls are out of school, everyone sleeps in but me, and this dumb dog gets up every morning at six a.m to need to be let out and somehow nobody else in the house hears it but me and I just text him like we got to do something about this and and both daughter and wife like he's done nothing wrong I think the household everyone else just fake sleeping I'm like everyone's fine but me but me because I got to get up and take care of it Um, from the 918 Chris you said yesterday was a big day for Jordy do you have an update on this today thanks no I don't I do not I uh, I will not lie. I didn't like I said. I was all in on uh, spring football yesterday. I was all in on Warrior Pride, baby, and um, I ended up doing a. 
I did a bunch of podcasts yesterday. I went. I noticed that too. I saw on your Twitter. Yeah, you're pretty yeah, busy. In the I evening. was busy yesterday, man. It was ridiculous in a good way. In a good way. But I'll um. How about this? I'll dig today and see what I can find out. Or 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 maybe I know. I'm just not gonna tell you about it. Maybe that's what I'm gonna do. We'll see. But I I just. I had heard through some people that that there was a chance that she might be throwing early in the week. And we'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out. Fingers crossed. I wonder if Patty hides it. I wonder I wonder if, if, if maybe just to get the truth, we have people go on the Oklahoma breakdown and just tell them everything. <laughs> but can I be that guy? Can you just come and tell me everything? Um, but yeah, I, I don't have an update. I don't have an update on Jordy or Kinsey, but I know, and I say this a lot, I know they have a great training staff, athletic training staff, and Mara Kennedy has been fantastic for that program, and you've got a really solid strength dude that is going to be, uh, he already is a rock star, but Dane is money, and I, neither one of these people are listening to my show right now, so I'm not like kissing up to them, but they're both really good, and I think they're going to do a... Solid job in in everything they can possibly do to get both of those players ready. Now, should you be able to beat UCF without Jordy Ball and without Kenzie Hansen? Maybe. Um, and if Nicole May pitches like she did on Saturday, let's go. Um, but let me let me pay off my tease here on an Air Comfort Solutions text from Writing Randy, who also points out that Lou is not listed on the OU roster anymore. Thank you, Randy. And writes, can you unleash some of this softball rage on the AM tweeters that are starting a buy patty campaign? <laughs> um well, okay, first of all, I I don't know how Coach feels about that. I mean, I, I don't. I, my conversations with Coach are usually very much about her team, very much about kind of her how they're playing, what she wants me to keep an eye on. And then, you know, when we're getting into non-softball things, it's usually like Dodger related or, hey, what's going on here? I, I don't I don't try to pry too terribly much into, you know, hey, what's, what's your future look like? Or, you know, I would see Patty Gasso retiring to her um, world traveler grandma mindset before I would see her taking on another challenge. That's me. And and why would you leave? You have a brand new stadium being built. You have a salary that, as I understand it, is among the best in college softball. Now, I know this. Every man has his price. Every woman has their price. Every person has their price. But I would I would think it would take I think it would take one of the most ridiculous offers you've ever seen. And maybe A&M's willing to pay it. But I don't I don't see her going anywhere, man. I mean, you're getting rewarded with the new field that you, you got a new but, all, all the all the wins you put in OU. You know, I, I don't think A&M is on your mind. At there's all. also this part of me that knows what kind of competitor Patty Gasso is, right? I mean, she loves to compete. But I just I mean, they got a pretty good setup here and I just don't I couldn't imagine 
I couldn't imagine A&M being able to come up with a deal large enough to get her out of Norman. I saw that yesterday everywhere. And before I started firing her, I was like, ah, don't do anything because don't say anything because it, then it comes back and it's like, well, look what the OU play-by-play guy for softball said. He said you're a moron. And then two weeks later, she's gone. I'm like, oh, well, there you go. I'll tell you what, she can't go because if she goes, I'm gone. I mean, I'm so out. It's not even funny. But I, I don't – that's not even something that I thought about. When that job came open, if you're going to go try to pay for someone, that's where you would go, right? You would you would want the best. And Patty Gasso is the best coach in college softball. And you better have a load of cash if you want to hey, convince her to I'm come. Gonna, I'm going to tell you right now, there's been teams that have made a run at her before. And, I mean, I don't know how close they ever came. Coach tells the story a lot about 2000. Had they not won the national championship, she was in a position to where she was going to have to head back to the West Coast. They didn't like how split up their family was. Um, I know for a fact that other schools in the SEC have tried to come get her. So it shouldn't surprise you to hear something like that. But I do think that's mostly fan-generated right now. And I don't – I think, if anything – you know, you can make fun of Ross Bjork for how he seems to have a just a just a hairpin trigger whenever it comes to shooting his mouth off and being hurt over things. But he seems to do a pretty good job in hiring coaches. I mean, that's that's always on your coaching search too to go after the, be- go after the, be- the best in the business. Well, hey, when um, what's when John Lynch as the GM of the Forty ers when. Bill Belichick called shop and Jimmy Garoppolo. What'd they do? They asked for Tim or Tom Brady. When, uh, according to reports, whenever Alabama was doing its due, or excuse me, when Texas was doing was doing its due diligence on Steve Sarkeesian, they asked again about Nick Saban. He's like, Coach, listen, I mean, we want to hire you, but I mean, we're doing this for Sark, right? You ask, you always do. So I wouldn't get too caught up on it I think that with Love's Field and knowing how intricately she's involved in everything that went into it knowing how gosh how hard she worked in the fundraising side of it I don't think you're going to see her bolt for anywhere but I'm not speaking for her Patty Gasso is her own person and she's the best yeah like I said she's getting rewarded for all the accomplishments that she's put into Norman and she will have that new field ready so I think the A&M is just nonsense. So, quick break. We're way off. So good, good. I writing Randy. I just think that you sit back and you just kind of laugh at it right now. But then you hope that you hope that they don't hit a home run with their hire. I keep hearing Kenny's name. I keep hearing Kenny Gajewski. That's the name I keep hearing at A&M. His wife is an A&M alum. Uh, it just seems like that's the name that keeps coming up. It's a plank show right here on the ref. We, we literally have like 20 seconds here, don't we? Okay, okay. Quick break. Eric Lopez is coming up next. It's the Plank Show.